Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. If you're just getting started in your career and looking for a way to make a big impact, Orion's Recruiter Development Program can help jumpstart your career. This program offers a three-week recruiter development bootcamp that will teach you everything you need to know about recruiting. No recruiting experience is required, just effort, motivation, and the desire to learn. This role is perfect for military spouses because of the flexibility. In fact, two military spouses are joining today's podcast to talk about their experience as graduates of the program. If you know someone who would be a good fit for our recruiter development program, please visit the link in the show notes to learn more. Ellie Walker and Ruth Ramirez, both military spouses, join the show to discuss their experience with Orion's recruiter development program. They discuss their spouse's military backgrounds, challenges that they faced in their career search due to being a military spouse, and how they've grown professionally since participating in the program. If you have any questions about this podcast or ideas for a future show, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hi, Ruth and Ellie. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk more about Orion's Recruiter Development Program. So I know you guys have both been a really big key part of that, and I'm excited to hear more about it. So Ellie, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Um, so yeah, I have been a <clears throat> Coast Guard spouse. My husband's active duty for a little over 11 years now. Um, he just hit 16 years. Uh, so we maybe have one or two more tours before retirement. Um, and we've mostly been stationed overseas um, in Guam and then Puerto Rico twice, which varied between land and sea duty uh, while he was rated as a DC. Um, but now he's in recruiting. So, and we're in Jacksonville now. So it's been nice for him to be home. Um, kind of a little, my background, um, my bachelor's is in parks and recreation um, and event planning. So uh, I kind of military recreation with the Coast Guard and the Navy in their MWR departments. Um, and then when we were in Puerto Rico, I took several years off. I just wasn't really finding work out there. Um, so I kind of volunteered more, um, tried to stay as relevant as I could during that time on on paper, um, just kind of with on-base activities. Um, and then coming back stateside, it was still really hard to find work. Um, so I kind of have bounced around that way. Um, kind of working in like city government in parks and rec and event planning and that kind of thing. But I really spent the beginning years here um, getting more involved in some of the military organizations locally and volunteering uh, that way. So um, it just kind of kept me active and doing something while the kids were young that way. And we were trying to get our bearings here uh, that way. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about the challenges of a military spouse, which it sounds like you can really speak to because of the fact that you said you took some time off, you couldn't really find any work. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. But Ruth, can you go ahead and give us a little bit about your background as well? Yes. Um, my name is Ruth and I am married to an active duty Navy and he has been in for 15 years and we have been together for 10 of those 15 years. And um, we have lived in Guam as well, as well as he has lived in Bahrain unaccompanied. Um, and we are currently in Texas now. Uh, we move pretty much every three years, dependent on our, where we get stationed. Uh, when he was in Bahrain, he was there for only a year. 
but then I was back in the States by myself. Um, we met fairly young, so we kind of moved fairly fast. We got married, had a baby. He went to Bahrain. I kept the baby by myself. So um, I don't really have much of an education background. I was a nanny when we met, and um, I stayed a nanny. After I got pregnant, they allowed me to stay. Um, working for them, bring my son along, and then my husband was gone, so it was like perfect for me. And then we got stationed in Guam, so we went overseas, and I just felt like I needed to be home with my son because my husband was getting deployed a lot and things like that, and he was gone. So I just, I volunteered in Guam and things like that and helped out in the community, and we did a lot of like community things, but um, as far as education goes, yeah, to be honest, I don't really have one. <laughs> and then we came back to Texas and I just decided that I need something of my own. So here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love that you guys have such different backgrounds because I think for anyone listening, it sort of speaks to the fact that you can have a different background and you can think that you might not be a good fit for it based on what you've done before or kind of read to your point what you haven't done before, you can sort of just come into this and the training that's provided and everything that you learn still prepares you to be successful. So Ruth, I know before uh, you had mentioned that you weren't necessarily looking for a career outside the home. I mean, you know, I know you had your nanny job. So has there been a point in time that you did face any career challenges that you can sort of tie back to being a military spouse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when actually one instance, when we came here to Texas, I was looking into going into a sonography program and it was a three year program and we usually get exactly three years at one place. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can do that. Maybe it can work where I can do my three years with that specific school. And I, so when we got here, it was they started in the fall and um, I got here too late to submit. So I would have to wait till next fall, which only gave me, you know, one year less. So I didn't have enough time and it just didn't work out. So those things can get frustrating. And, you know, a lot of people, some people can, you know, figure it out, figure out ways to work around it, but it just wasn't working for me. And at the time, and still my kids are young so they're like the priority so when I feel like it's I choose them or me I choose them so that the my education and stuff gets put on the back burner that's kind of what mm -hmm. happened yeah and I can see that you say your kids come first but to some extent for a military spouse I'm sure you can both relate to this it seems like your husband's career also comes first because of the fact that you're moving and um, you kind of are at the mercy of the military. So you don't necessarily know what your next steps are going to be. So I think you could definitely feel like both of you, and I'm sure a lot of the spouses listening, that you're sort of pushed down on the totem pole and have to find something that works within all of that. So um, Ellie, what about you? I know you talked about trying to volunteer and do things to keep your skills sharp. So what challenges did you face during that time and even when you felt like you were ready to settle into a career? Uh, I think it, it's a lot of similarities with with Ruth. Uh, we have three little, so I have three under seven um, and pretty much each was born at each location. So like you said, like there's always the, that 
balance of struggle of like, I need to be home, especially when he was on sea duty. It's like, I, I, it felt impossible to work during that time frame because I had, they were really little then and he was underway all the time and it just, it wasn't happening. And even volunteering, it was kind of touch and go that way as to, um, you know, what, what can I do with where I am? So it was, it was just really hard to find that. And like you said, um, even when I started working, uh, we got, I, I really enjoyed working with MWR when we were in Guam, but then that was like our shortest tour. So it, it, it just went by so, so quickly. I feel like I could have thrived there, but then we had to leave. Um, and so all the challenges have, have just been that constant balance of, you know, I, I personally, uh, want to have a, a career, um, and not be at home, you know, for all the time I, I do it when I need to do it, but I, I want to do that for myself. Um, but then it's at the mercy of him also, you know, there's things that he has to do professionally in order to advance himself. And so, you know, we always have this kind of ongoing, you know, argument where not argument, but where he's like, I want you to do what you need to do for yourself. I'm like, yes, but you're property of the government. You still come first really until you retire. Um, so it's, it's just been a trade off and, even when I, when we came back to the States in Jacksonville, where we thought, oh, here's, you know, several different bases all within, you know, 20 miles of each other, we should definitely be able to find work. Didn't happen that way. Um, because of, in my particular field, my industry, I would have kind of had to start over. And with two kids at that point, we couldn't afford to start over you know I'd be working a lot of hours for less pay and it just wasn't feasible that way and even with Coast Guard um, sometimes it's getting better now but sometimes we're left out of some of the um, financial resources that the other branches have for you know professional development or, or things like that so pay was another thing you know we couldn't necessarily pay to get those things at that time um, so that that's been kind of the challenges that way where it was just at the end of the day I just couldn't start over and I couldn't find things in my industry and with the gaps um it's it's hard to make people see your value um on paper mm -hmm. knowing you know, knowing what you've already done but they just see what is there on paper so yeah and I know that's something that transitioning service members and spouses kind of have in common is showing the value of what you did, you know, and for the military, because a lot of civilians don't really understand it. So um, it's hard to show that value. So I'm sure that's something that sort of helps you guys now. I mean, I know we'll get more into it. I'm not sure how many or if you guys are working with veterans specifically, or if it's just kind of all job seekers, but I'm sure that's kind of, you know, something, a skill that you can relate to and take into what your career is now. So Ellie, I'm curious, because I know that you've mentioned you were in a different industry. And I think you said Parks and Rec, right? Yes. So how did you end up here and what made you decide to participate in the recruiter development program? So uh, I guess it kind of started with um, the last industry or the last Parks and Rec related role I had uh, or I had I ended right when COVID hit. And I was working with the city. COVID hit and we had to do um, virtual learning, which, you know, 
okay, you get to go to work. I need to stay home kind of thing. So I left, I left that role to, to do that with my kids. I also got pregnant with our last child then. So COVID was a, a, a halt for all of us during that time frame. Um, and so then when I came, came out of, after we had our child, um, I, I really, my goal was to get back to work. I, I just need to get back to work. We need the money. Um, and I found a job, but then, especially here in Florida, it, COVID was just really rampant again. And the more I was there, I was only there for a few months. It The pay was not uh, as good as it seemed initially. And I just felt that I'm seeing all these people working remotely and it just didn't seem to really make sense. I felt like that was the future of where I needed to go to find remote work, to be accessible to our family in all these unknown circumstances. So um, it kind of was a spark of, I want to find remote work, but I'm not going to find it in this industry. So I got to start over, but not start over. <laughs> so, um, I tried to reach out to you know, network some, talk to some kind of career coaches of what's an industry I can get into that won't have me start completely over, that I have some transferable skills, that kind of thing. And, you know, recruiting kept coming up and even seeing my husband do it, um, it, it seemed like a natural um, avenue to go down that way. And so I just I went ahead and I got a recruiting certification um, and I worked as a recruiting coordinator for a little bit to get in remote work. But then I saw Orion and um, I was just really impressed by uh, the footprint they had with the military community, because ultimately that's that's what I know best. That's that's how I wanted to stay involved that way. Um, and after talking to a couple of people in that worked for Orion, um, you know, I was really transparent in our conversations of can this actually PCS with me because I know that's coming up. Um, you know, can I really do this remotely with kids, that kind of thing. Um, and it was 100% yes for everything. And knowing that I was also talking to other military spouses that way, um, this was like the only organization that had ever been that open and honest with me that way. And so I just did it. Um, and it's been a great decision ever since. So, Awesome. Well, one thing I was thinking when I had mentioned earlier about there being kind of a similarity between spouses um, and also transitioning service members, because you have this great experience, but how do you translate that to other people who've never been through it? And I think that on the spouse end of it, it's almost like you're a little bit underestimated because of the fact that you might have a gap on your resume or, you know, you weren't the one that served, but you have all these soft skills that come with being married to a military service member. So I'm sure that that's something that can be a little bit frustrating as a spouse to feel like your experience in that is not as valued because I know veterans have a little bit of a challenge as well, but veteran hiring is a really big initiative for so many companies. And so I'm sure it can be yeah, like I said, just a little bit frustrating to feel like as a spouse that you're not getting that same level of commitment from companies or people who are, to your point, Ellie, willing to work with you through things that are as simple as a PCS and completely out of your control. So it's nice to have found 
something with Orion that, you know, we, we are a military-based company, so we do have a lot more flexibility when it comes to that. So Ruth, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, what made you want to join the Recruiter Development Program? Um, well, so we just recently, a year and a half ago, got to our new duty station, which is Texas. And I also just recently had a baby um, right in the pandemic time. So we got to move during the pandemic when nobody was getting to move because I was pregnant and some other personal issues to do with my pregnancy. So we got to Texas in like the middle of all the craziness. And as you do when you're military, you are meeting new people, you're socializing, getting out there. And I had met someone and they asked me, like, tell me about yourself, basically. And I realized when I was telling him about myself, I was telling him about my husband and my husband's career and my children. And I was like, okay. So like, and then I literally that night came home and I like broke down and I was like, I don't have a me thing. I don't have something for myself. Like my whole world is my children, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it was getting to a point with the pandemic when you're like locked up with a baby it, it starts to mess with you mentally, physically, everything. So I think I was getting to that point where I was like, I need something that's just my thing. Well, we've followed Orion online for quite a while. When we lived in Guam, a lot of times, you know, kid, like younger sailors and stuff were getting out. And um, my husband would show them Orion and be like, hey, you need to go on their website. You need to look. And um, we actually had a friend who he did that with. And she currently works for Orion. So we had saw them post on Facebook about hiring recruiters. And he was like, hey, let's reach out. Let's see. So I got a little inside scoop, but <laughs> um, nothing wrong with that. And I reached out and she basically was like, you can do it. Because I was like, I don't have any experience. I don't know anything about this field. All I know is I like to talk to people. I like people, <laughs> like meeting new people. And um, she was like, you can do it. There's training, I promise. And I was just like, I need a me thing. So I jumped in and I don't regret it one bit because my kids still come first and I have some time to myself during the day. So if that answers that, your question. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And like I said, I think it's cool that you guys have such different backgrounds because it just goes to show anyone who's listening that they don't have to have a background in a specific field or even have a recruiting background, but just some of those like soft skills that you have and the desire to talk with and work with people. And then I know Ellie, you said a big driving force for you was the fact that you wanted to be involved in kind of the mission of getting veterans jobs and things like that. So um, in Orion has expanded our business a little bit to not just be focused on veteran job seekers. So we do um, just kind of job seekers in general, but that's great too. I mean, either way, veteran or not, you help people get a job, you can really change their lives. So I'm sure that that's kind of a rewarding thing to be involved in as well. So I want to talk a little bit more about the training process because Ruth, you just referenced how there is training and I have seen firsthand just from helping do some of the marketing materials to support that, that there's a lot of training that goes into it. So um, I wanted to get your input and then Ruth, you can kind of answer first about really just how long does the training last? And then like, what does a typical day look like for you during training? 
Yeah. Um, so I think mine might be a little different than Ellie. Since I didn't have a background, um, we thought it would be smart for me to become a sourcer. So I'm not currently a recruiter. I'm what I call like I help. I'm the recruiter's assistant. That's what I say. <laughs> um, so I um, reach out to people and I do kind of the whole process. But I uh, in my opinion, I'm still technically in training. The sorcerer is still, or the recruiter, I'm sorry, is still helping me a lot um, daily. So I'm still learning every day. But as far as the rocket program goes, it's a three-week program. And then the first week is like learning a lot of the systems and um, basically that a lot of PowerPoints, classes type on the systems and how the whole process works. And then the second week and the third week, they basically put you in and you get to do it with a recruiter helping you along the way. And that was my favorite part because I am a hands-on learner and I need to do it to learn. So the PowerPoints and stuff were great, but being able to actually make mistakes and learn that way was really helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Did you say how long the training lasts? Is it like eight weeks, seven? Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, I was way off. So three weeks is even better. <laughs> so yeah, the first week is like mostly um, like classes, PowerPoints, mm -hmm. things like that. They bring in people from like different positions to show you the different things that you'll be doing. And then the second and third week is on the job training in my opinion, is what you would call it. So you very much just kind of jump in and learn that way. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know your title is technically sourcer, but it's a recruiting role. And so it's kind of mm -hmm. cool that you're able to sort of learn in what I would consider to be maybe a more low pressure environment because you still are, like you said, maybe considered still in the training process to where you could, you know, at some point decide to be a full on recruiter and Maybe have your own sourcer one day that comes through the, <laughs> comes through the program. That's the goal. My um, recruiter actually started as a sourcer and, and now she's my recruiter and she's a great teacher. <laughs> but it is, it's for me, it was like less scary just because I don't have a background in stuff. So it was like, you know, you're just getting your feet wet instead of like jumping straight into the recruiter role and, um, so just for me personally, it worked best, but I think everybody's different. Mm -hmm. And so Ellie, Ruth mentioned that your training process was a little bit different. So was it the same time frame? Was it still the three weeks? And then what did a typical training day look like for you? So I still did the, the three week training. Um, and since for me, uh, since I had done a like a recruiting certification, some of the skills were I'd seen before so it wasn't um it wasn't new but it was different because I feel even as the the other organization I worked for as a coordinator they had completely different systems too so there was it was familiar but still all new information you know learning how Orion does things and the software that they use and their processes and you know skills they like to see that that kind of thing so it was it was a lot I, you know, it was full days, but I do appreciate that they um, cater to different learning styles, like Ruth was saying. I, I'm a lot of hands-on of learning and visual, and that's, we're remote, you know, so how do you, how do you 
train people when you can't physically be there showing them things. But between PowerPoints and like she said, um, you know, hey, I'm going to give you a break. I want you to work on this for, you know, however long, you know, talk amongst your team, then we're going to come back and meet again. So there was, it was, it gave you a, a break throughout the day, like brain breaks, I guess. Um, and then we also got to do learn different subject material from other people in Orion. So it was nice to see other faces, job titles that kind of helps you connect or network that way, seeing those faces, learning, learning different skills from other people. Um, I, I, I really appreciated that they take something so kind of technical and, and break it down where it's a lot, but you don't feel overwhelmed and they really do encourage that team vibe like I think my class was like I don't know 15 people maybe maybe even less than that um but we were all on teams chatting all the time if anybody had questions you know you're just messaging each other you can have one-on-ones you know it's it's not rigid at all it's just very comfortable and that was unlike any training I had ever done you know so it, it felt it didn't feel as scary that way because you felt like you were okay to ask questions and not be judged by something. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was that was the best part of training for me that way. I think that's really cool because it's not very often that you start a new job in almost like a class of people who are right at the same level that you're at in terms of learning. You know, sometimes people feel uncomfortable and they don't want to have to go ask their boss a million questions every day. So it's nice to be able to ask people who you maybe feel more comfortable with, who are on your level that you can just say like, hey, I may have missed this, but did you, just to bounce ideas off of each other, did you catch it when they said this? Do you know the answer to this? I'm sure that's kind of nice to be able to have that sense of camaraderie among the people that you started with. And then the other cool thing about recruiting at Orion is that we have so many different segments of our business now. Our business has changed a lot over the past few years. Like I said, we did focus only on veteran recruitment. That's not the case anymore, although that is obviously a um, fundamental part of our business. But because we're recruiting so, for so many different companies and industries, um, even though you guys are in the roles that you're in now, if you work hard and you do well, I know there's the opportunity to sort of have that mobility where you might say, hey, I'm sort of interested in recruiting for this company or this type of candidate, and you're able to sort of flex that way. Um, The other thing that I wanted to kind of hear from you guys, if there's anything that surprised you, whether it was during your training or even now that you've started your job, is there anything that you've learned so far or experienced that has surprised you? We'll stay positive here. So surprised you in a good way. (laughs) And let's see, we'll have Ellie, you can answer that first. Um, So I'd say the kind of what I touched on before the, the whole, uh, the small team atmosphere and the kind of open communication. Um, I haven't had the greatest of luck with that in previous jobs. Even if I've tried, you know, you try to connect with your coworkers or different things like that. And especially in in remote, um, you never really know how that's going to look. You know, is everybody just off on their own and nobody talks to each other and that kind of thing. Um, but it's been completely opposite, you know, and I can't speak for every every team that's that way. But even just Orion itself, you know, it's if I have a question on my team about, you know, something with marketing or something this way, it's just a 
you know, as soon as you have somebody's name, a quick Teams message, hey, could you help me with this? And it's like instantly received. And that's something I've never experienced before at all. So it, it takes the organization big and makes it small for each person. And like you said, it's like you, you, if you want to network and get to know people in other places, they encourage that, you know, and, and you can do that. And the, you know, kind of horizontal and upward mobility, that was another thing that attracted me of kind of like, and I've said that to my um, director as well, like, hey, I want to learn as much as I can and, you know, teach me. I'm willing to learn if you want me to help with things because I want to keep moving. I don't, I don't want to sit still. Um, and that's, that's encouraged, but it's also like, if you don't have that mindset, you're just like, I just want to learn and, you know, be great in this role. Okay. Do that. You know, we'll highlight you there too. Um, so that's been really, uh, surprising, but like a breath of fresh air because this industry is really difficult, you know, on a daily basis, source of recruiter, you know, whoever it's just, it's a lot of, uh, interaction with people and <laughs> people denying you and you know a lot of highs and lows daily and so um, it's been important that you feel supported um, no matter how successful you are each day in what you're doing um, and I felt that since day one so especially on my team um, the biggest surprise for me was the change from training to my team um, just because my team is a lot more um, looks for kind of more specific roles so that was different but I also liked learning kind of that high volume recruiting in training because it it helps you um, kind of hone in if you have to look more specifically that way so it kind of gives you an eye for the potential that that you could do out there like you said if you want to switch teams or learn something new later on, you've already kind of seen that in, in a sense. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Ruth, what about you? Anything that surprised you in your role? Um, I feel like mine is very similar to Ellie's. Um, just the fact that, like, when you look at Orion, it's a very large company. And when I was jumping in, obviously, I was nervous about, um, as we talked about earlier, you struggle because you're kind of Everybody relies on you. Your husband can leave, go at any time. He can be called out. So I need to know that I can be there for my kids if the school calls, if they're sick, if things like that. And some companies will tell you like, yeah, that's fine. And then you get into the job and it, it becomes an issue. Well, the second week I was like actually on the job, my kid got sick and I had to run him to the ER in the morning and I was going to be like 30 minutes late for work. And I was so nervous because that's not a good look, let's be honest, <laughs> but I didn't have a choice. My kid was sick. So um, I messaged my team and I was like, I'm going to be a little late, but uh, I'm going to get on as soon as I get home. I got on got all my work done. And it was like, it didn't even happen. They were checking on my kid. They were making sure my kid was okay. They didn't, it wasn't a big deal. Like as long as you come to work and get your work done, they like, they're honest when they say like, they care about you and they care about your family and that they'll make it work. Because for me, that was like the biggest scary part is that I have to be there for my kids. I'm my kid's stability. 
So I need to know that if something like that happens, it's not just going to be like, no, you missed 30 minutes of work. You're, you're done. Like, uh, no, they, uh, they actually do understand. And for a large company like that, I feel like that's rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So for you guys, I know you're both obviously settled into your roles now, but you're doing completely different things. So I'm interested to see kind of after training, once you go into your role, what has that been like since? Like, do you feel, I know you've said that you feel well supported by the team. Is it, do you feel like it's still kind of like a formal type of thing that you're doing or is it more informal? Um, any kind of like ongoing training or mentorship or anything like that? Um, Ruth, I'll let you answer that one first. So yeah, I have, I still have a recruiter that I talk to every day. Um, she loves me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I bother her all the time with all my questions. Um, but she's a great teacher. That's why. That's what I tell her. Anyways. And um, so, yeah, I check in with her every morning and I kind of she gives me a list of things to do type of thing. But since I'm a sorcerer, it is a little different. Um, but yeah, so I'm still I feel like in training, in my opinion, but technically I'm doing my job. Well, that's kind of good though, to think, I mean, um, it's almost the, like maybe we wouldn't call you technically in training mode, just that you're still on learning <laughs> mode. So that's a good yes, thing. Yes, exactly. And it works for, it's what works for me and right. hopefully my team as well. I feel like they would tell me if it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Allie? Um, so I've had, um, or with my, my director, I believe we schedule one-on-ones, um, every two weeks or so. Um, and then, so that's just time, time with her for, for her to just get, to just get feedback, you know, we, or we vent about, you know, these JOs are awful or, you know, whatever that way, but it, it's just the, that one-on-one -on -one time, um, to, like I said, for her to let me know if there's areas I can improve on or for me to get advice or just kind of anything. It's just that dedicated time. Um, our team also at the end of the week, which I think is pretty great, we do kind of like a wins and losses call of, hey, tell me what's great about this week. Tell me what's been rough this week. Um, and so we're like constantly on each other's um, temperature to see like how, how we're doing, what's our capacity like. And like I said, my, my team is really small. Um, there's only like three or four of it. Well, in the in this particular one, um, professional search is a little bigger. But um, so we're just we're talking to each other all the time. You know, we're just messaging back and forth, sending funny things, venting. Um, and, you know, every Monday we have kind of an all call and all hands for the whole team itself to kind of see here's where we're at as you know, here's the numbers of it. So we all know how we're performing that way. So it's it's an all around like there should really never be a question of, you know, how am I doing? Because all the time you have the opportunity to ask, you can get feedback, you see how the team's doing, you see what you need to do personally to help add to that. And um, so it's it's been really great. I mean, it's been, you know, head to the ground since I got out of training. Um, but it's it's not it's enjoyable so it hasn't felt as work 
work related as it as it could be. You know, it is it is hard work. It's time consuming and technical, but the team dynamic and the communication makes it enjoyable. So that mm -hmm. that has been a great thing since coming out of training to this team, even though and I've so never met these people in person. So right. <laughs> in terms of training, do you guys use social talent? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I assumed because I know it's a company-wide thing, but that's also another cool thing to kind of call out, um, just especially if you don't really have industry experience, it's more big picture training rather than tactical. So it's not going to show you really the ins and outs of how to do your job within Orion, but it talks to you more about being a successful recruiter and stuff like that. So I always think that that's a cool tool to have too, where like I said, you aren't going to get the tactical kind of training from it, but it's still something that I think is super helpful and you can learn so much about different parts of the business. And so I always think social talent's cool for like the ongoing learning as well. I guess I think of it more as like learning than training, but still a cool platform that everyone would have access to. I like, I do like that about Orion that they want everyone to do that constantly. It's not like, oh, once you get in this role, you don't have to learn anymore. You know, everybody needs to keep improving. And I think that's cool that they they want you to do that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, Ruth, what has been your favorite part about participating in the recruiter development program? Um, I think that probably going back to what I said earlier, it gave me a me thing. It, after going through the program and doing all the training, during the program, I realized this is something I can do, and now I am doing, and now I have my own thing. So I think that's my favorite part, personally. <laughs> Ellie, what about you? Um, I, I think I like feeling like I I found um in in remote work. You know that I feel like that's a really uphill battle for a lot of organizations to have their employees feel like they're valued and heard and seen and you know improving and all hit all those areas um so i think and you know i was intimidated going into the program at first because when you hear like oh a three-week intense training you know you think it's just going to be terrifying or just a lot of brain stuff but it, it was not it's it's a lot but it's needed um and it it was just enough also so it um I, I just like feeling like I found a place that I can be comfortable with and grow with and take with me wherever I go next mm -hmm. yeah and the nice thing is is that you do this three-week training and it's probably intense and you learn so much information and you're probably thinking it's like drinking out of a fire hose like I'm not going to remember all this stuff but the nice thing right. is is that you have other people going through it with you so you can always you know, kind of collaborate with them and ask them questions about like, you know, stuff that they're learning and, um, hey, do you remember what we learned in training or do you have like this PowerPoint or something like that? I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of conversations that you can have with people to make you feel supported in addition to the support that you're getting from your team and your boss. So even though there is this three-week training, it's not like you're getting thrown out into the deep end by yourself afterwards, you still have all the support. So I think that's awesome. Um, what about advice for other spouses who are listening to this and, you know, either considering this program or just looking for general career advice? What would you guys say is like your top piece of advice? Ellie, I'll have you answer first. Um, I'd, I feel like right now um, with some of the um, groups, military groups that I'm on, 
uh, on, on social media, a lot of people are looking for remote work. And they're not able to find it because, you know, they might just be looking industry specific or they're not able to find um, a place that will accept the military lifestyle or be with their, be flexible with their kids and that kind of thing. And I would just encourage to, you know, keep your options open. There's going to be times in this career where you're not able to stay in your same industry. And that's that's not a, a end all be all, you know, with. The one thing about military spouses is that we're, you know, resilient and adaptable. And I think just keeping that in mind that getting this skill set can transfer into a lot of different areas, too. So maybe you're not going to be a recruiter for 20 years. But, you know, if you get into an organization where you get this intense one on one training, um, that can take you into HR, that can take you into all all different um, areas and just develop a skill set that is transferable to a lot of different jobs and especially with Orion being so adaptable to this lifestyle and offering remote work and you know you still allowing Ruth and I to be you know at home with our kids and that kind of thing um, that's that's really priceless um, plus instead of paying for you know certifications to get this this is a, a job and the skill set so there's not a lot of options out there that that give you that you can get a like a full-time you know great paying job and the skill set and you're not coming out of pocket for you know thousands of dollars for certifications so i think just kind of keep keep your options open and um you know that find an organization that you love and and adapt that way um and be open to changing industries if you want to you know keep rising in your career that way. Mm -hmm. I love that advice. I think that's great. Ruth, what do you think? I Mine's very similar as well. Mine is just more like oh, the don't be afraid. Like if it's something that you're interested in and you think you have this like a little bit of the skill set for just that you're a personal person and you like to talk to people because that was me. And then I say jump in and try it out. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You fail? Probably not going to happen because they give you so much training and uh, somebody's there all along the way to help you out. So they just don't be afraid. If it's something you're interested in, look more into it. Mm -hmm. And also to that point, Ruth, I know that you had mentioned that you kind of had the connection where your husband had worked with one of the recruiters here. So that's another thing. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to someone mm -hmm. if you see that they're doing something and you think they'd be able to help you then you should definitely reach out to them and don't be afraid of them saying no or anything like that. I think you're a good testament to that as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you ladies very much. I'm excited about this program and excited to see where your careers go here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.